Um, yeah, so I want to thank you for joining me for my first Winning Wednesday. You're my first guest. I don't know if you'll be the oh. first to be launched, but you're my first uh, recorded conversation for that segment that I'm doing. So it's very cool to have you. Um, and I appreciate personally how approachable you are. And I know that was one of the points that I was mentioning. Some people feel intimidated by, you know, C-suite people um, and your CTO for yeah. Breather, which is similar to the WeWork space that we, you know, rent office out of. But um, just from our conversation, I'm, we're definitely going to dive into that. But first, uh, if you could just tell, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you want to do five ways to describe your personality or anything else. Oh, yeah, sure. Um... I, I mean, I, I've started my career like ooh, uh, 20, 25 years ago um, in the computer science uh, in a tech company and we were developing, I was a developer, uh, we were developing uh, products for our customers and, and, um, and really, that's <laughs> strange to say, but I, I was not a good developer and uh, you 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 know to you, you have to know your weaknesses and strengths uh, right. I've always been um, attracted to tech and development and um, but to to develop something for a customer I, I was not the right person I, I could do some R&D stuff and uh, if you tell me that it won't work. I can make it work, but um, but it's basically what I what I was doing when when you gave that to customers, they were like, no, 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 that's not working for us. Uh, <laughs> so, really? uh, so creative and not mainstream enough. Yeah, I have that um, strange combination of um, uh, technical skills because I mean. I, I was a developer and uh, uh, just not focused enough um, or I, I was not focused enough to, to finish, you know, to, to, to go to the finish line. And um, as soon as it was working and I, I could show that it, I, I solved the challenge. I was like, no, oh, that does not interest me anymore. Uh, so, um, so quickly enough, I um, I got my an interest in uh, in product, and okay. the vi the vision um, and the plan to to achieve that vision. And uh, so, I'm one of the thing I could say probably. I, I'm a long-term thinker. I'm more interested in the what could be than the actual details of implementation. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The you know the master plan and how how do we adapt it to the challenges we face right. uh, excites me more than day-to-day -day execution. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. And that's a personality type to see the big vision but not know all the details and how it will actually work out. So sometimes it doesn't actually work out, <laughs> you know, as a no. result. Exactly, exactly. And um, uh, along my career, I, I've always, as not, not everyone will say that, uh, but I, I have no shame in that. I always uh, felt the, um, you know, um, uh, imposter complex. Yeah, imposter I, syndrome, yep. Yeah, I, I feel like others 
uh, on my team are, are doing the actual work uh, right. because they implement. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, I always felt uh, that I had the, the easiest part. Um, building the plan and uh, the strategy, it's, yeah, it feels easy compared to implementing stuff. Right. I read this book by John Acuff. I talk about it on LinkedIn all the time. It's called Finish. And in it, he talks about the fact that we naturally have things that come intrinsically easy to us and we find them simple. And when things are so simple, we feel like it doesn't count. So that's exactly what you're describing, that phenomenon. Like, oh, it's so simple and it, the creative flow comes to you naturally. Exactly. So you feel like you're not contributing. But realistically, people that are implementing the business development and the app development that you're doing, they don't have necessarily that creative component. You know, they just have the strategy to get it done. So it's working together, you know, but I definitely understand yeah. where you're from. <laughs> you have to give yourself that uh, recognition that you actually did it. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. And you have to constantly remind or try to find, okay, I had an impact on that. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, it's struggling, but you have to live with that. Definitely. And I did have a question for you. For anyone in technology who's looking to maybe move up within their own organizations, you said you've been in this industry over 20 years. So what was your path like and how did you become CTO? Um, well, yeah, that's... Um, I've been lucky. Uh, I mean, I, I've been really lucky. Uh, you, you make your own luck uh, at some point, but, um, but I've been lucky. Uh, I've always had uh, managers and CEOs of companies that I, I got along pretty well with. And, um, and they, they put me where I could have an impact. Uh, I've met those kind of people that, you know, just see you for yourself and, yeah. and, and find your trends and, and put you where you need to be. So um, as, I, as I was a, a, a poor uh, developer <laughs> for customers, um, uh, the, the CEO of the company I was working for, uh, uh, put me in a leadership role for product management. Uh, still, I was developing, but um, having other, my, my colleagues around me, um, you know, getting my code back and modifying it and making it work for the customer. And, but, but still, I, I had, um, I, I was defining the plan and, and building the product. And, and it, it, it worked pretty well, and I discovered that I was good at that. Um, and, and then uh, that same CEO, uh, we, we decided to launch uh, a subsidiary in Senegal, in Dakar. And, mm -hmm. um, and I went there, uh, so I was so young, uh, I was 20, early 20s uh, and um, and was managing and hiring people in a branch in Dakar um, and I loved that and then we decided to to create a subsidiary in Montreal in Canada and I've moved uh, I, I, I was as you can probably hear I was born in France I, 
I took French in high school for three years, so. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I can recognize so, it. <laughs> yeah, sorry for, for the accent. And, and please ask, ask me to repeat if uh, something is unclear. Um, and, and then moved here and, and started the business. Um, I had never done that before, but yeah, uh, just th there is a quote from Mark Twain that I love is they didn't know it was impossible, so they did it. And, and yeah, I was like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't see the problem. I'll do that. Uh, and, and then it, and then it failed. It failed epically. Redirect. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. We. I mean. Yeah. There, there was part of uh, the fact that I never did that before, and I was so green. But also, it was um, just during. Uh, I mean, I arrived in Canada. We started that in April uh, two uh, thousand and one, and there was the burst of the techno bubble, and then uh, 9-11. So um, it, it, it was not a good time either to start a business. Right. Um, but the fact is that it, it was a failure. And, um, and that, uh, that guy, Pascal, uh, called me and said, well, yeah, you know, we, we have to shut down. And I know, <laughs> yes. Uh, so he said, are you coming back? And I said, no, no, I'm not coming back. I, I, I will stay in, in Montreal. I don't know for how long, a few years, uh, my whole life. I, I don't know yet, but I'm staying here. Yeah. yeah. And now you're still there. <laughs> but back to Mark Twain's quote and what happened to you through that failure, you probably at the time felt really overwhelmed, let's say. And obviously you couldn't see where life would take you. So maybe in that moment you felt like it was impossible and now here you are. So what can you seek to your old self, you know, your former self in that moment? I think um, I've, I mean, I've always been lucky. Uh, so I knew I had that job waiting for me in France if I needed to go right. back. So I had this, yeah, I was lucky enough to have, you know, that kind of mental safety net uh, that whatever, uh, if it does not work, I, I can switch and and do something else, and um, so this helped a lot for sure. Um, but I don't know. I had that that feeling deep inside that I I had not finished what I came here to do, and um, that there were that there was my you know something waiting for me here right. and uh, and it, it was a, it was strange really because uh, even today i have that weird uh, feeling that it was all meant to be uh, I, i'm not uh, i i'm absolutely not into psycho or but yeah there is this thing i i, I remember uh, i was um, I was browsing job boom and you know at that time like what should I do and and I read that job description that was I mean I I could have written it 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 was no that's me that that's for me there is no 
no other possibility. And, um, and the fact is that the company that posted that job, I met them a few months prior to that. And um, we had connections together. So they were um, the office manager at that time was the cousin of um, the sales director I was working with. And I, this is so strange and so random. And, and I interviewed and immediately got the job. This was for me. And this, yeah. And this is when I joined Sedrum. Um, and I've, I mean, I've, we've been building a um, media monitoring solution from scratch um, that we sold uh, two years ago to, to Cision. And I spent 15 years over there and there was the best years of my life. <laughs> yeah. It's great that a job description like that could resonate with you so strongly where you feel like it was written specifically for you or specifically by you. I think that's so great. And you keep coming back to this notion of being lucky throughout your life, which on the one hand is a great way to look at life. It's very positive. Um, on the other hand, not everyone sees things that way and they don't always see the opportunity or the light. So what steps have you taken in your life to have that mental safety net that you mentioned and to be able to surround yourself with the right people who see your value and have that vision come to life because people have specifically put you in roles where you could be impactful. Yeah. How do you, yeah. How do you, um, how'd you make I, that happen? I, um, I have a debater personality. So probably, um, that helped. I, you know, I love mental sparring. Um, and I've never been intimidated uh, talking to the CEO of the company and, and giving my vision and, and debating. Um, and and I'm, I'm still like that uh, with my team. I, I value being challenged and uh, as long as it's rational and logical, uh, we can debate for hours. And, and so I, probably uh, that helped a lot um, uh, help them to to you know to to see that what what i could bring and what i was good at um and yeah that's probably the the, the most uh, the most important part of Debater, yeah, and also, I mean, I, I'm, uh, I love exploring things. Um, I have a deep need to to go and see beyond my horizon, um, in every aspect of my life. Right. <laughs> this can be, yeah, this can be exhausting sometimes uh, for other people, but yeah, um, I always wonder what's there that I didn't discover yet, and um, and most of the time this urge to try something new or you know or go beyond uh, makes me realize that something I, I thought would be too difficult or uh, in fact is strangely easy once you've done it once and uh, so I've always tried things and sometimes with failures but sometimes with success and 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 I'm not shy to show that to others so probably my managers at that time or I I, I don't have a specific example but 
I mean, being in a in a in a managing position, uh, I love when when I see people like trying new things and and going beyond and 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 proving me wrong, and, and so yeah, that's the kind of people I like to get around and to have around and. and and I like to, 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 to give opportunities. So they gave me opportunities, probably, yeah, because of a mix of, of those things. Right, no, I think that's fantastic. And I like that you can see it from both sides when you were the individual contributor really trying to make your mark. And now as a manager where you're trying to give people a chance. And that's something that came to mind when you were talking about your career as well. There's so many people, um, even on LinkedIn, for instance, who have had a, long and successful career and now they feel like um, maybe they don't need to be on LinkedIn they don't need to network anymore and for me I look at it as that's a great opportunity to give back I don't know how you feel about it but what why yeah. do you work on LinkedIn at this point in your career oh, so, sorry can you repeat that I had okay, a... yeah. <laughs> so yeah. at this point in your career why do you continue to network on LinkedIn and where do you see the value in that um well, a lot of people probably would would tell you that I don't network. Uh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm, but here you are. <laughs> yes, here I am. I, I'm not. I mean, I, I usually don't accept a new connection if I didn't meet with the person, if I didn't shake a hand. And I, I know it's a, it's a bad time to to shake hands right now, but right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, and 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 there there are so many solicitations, and it's not networking. Uh, LinkedIn um, is uh, is a mix of both networking, and you have to 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 travel through. Um, I, I mean, you would be amazed at the number of emails I get every day or uh, some very creative and some absolutely not, uh, but <laughs> to, just to, to talk to me about a new product or a new SaaS product that will change my life. And, and <laughs> so, yeah, I'm before making a connection, I, I, I usually make sure of um, the well-funded of that connection and uh, and and trying to to connect with the right people uh, more value the you know the quality over the quantity yep totally agree um and i love that that you all that you said all that i do have a question for you being in the role that you're in um and having those soliciting emails coming through but being responsible for technology for your company as well so that coupled together, how much of the soliciting emails do you rely on for where to go with your company and how much of it do you just do on your own? And then if you're interested in something, you'll reach out. Um, well, you know, uh, I, 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 I receive solicitation and, and sometimes it's just basic solicitations for something that I absolutely don't need. And if you look at the Breather website or just my career and you, you should not spend any time sending that to me. Uh, so I dismiss them immediately. And, um, but sometimes, yeah, we, and I mean, we're 
using a lot of SaaS products. And as every startup, you, you cannot develop everything in-house. So uh, you have to rely. And I mean, that's our ecosystem. Um, we are all relying on others. Uh, so, and there are great products that I, I won't have the time, the resources, or the need to develop that myself. Um, and I, I usually sneak around uh, when I receive something that uh, okay could be interesting. Uh, I usually sneak around, get um, into my network to see if someone else used that uh, before. Before answering to the to the sales rep, uh, I, I do my due diligence and um, and yeah, make my own opinion and and try to see who are the uh, competitors that perhaps didn't send me anything. And so I do my, my due diligence and um, and in the end, probably most of the time, a few weeks or few weeks later i get back to the person and say hey uh, i would be interested in, in having a demo uh, so let's set up that yeah awesome so in your case um you're saying that it, there's still value if people could cater their messages specifically to be relevant for you based on your role and the company that you work for yeah yeah I, I, as much as i have uh, very small patience for those who didn't do their due diligence and didn't target uh, and just, you know, send the, and it's, it's obvious. Uh, there are solutions. I mean, I, I wouldn't need it in a thousand years um, for Breezer or for any other company I would work for. And, um, and they're just broadcasting to everybody. And I mean, they could be interesting to other people, but just, not in what I do, and um, and uh, and you can tell they're trying to reach to there. Oh, uh, and if you're not the right person, uh, point us to the to the right person in your organization. And 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 what I don't like either is those that use. <laughs> and I mean, you can see them uh, very easily. But they use other people in your organization. I say, oh, I told, and usually they didn't even talk. They just sent an email to Mark. And um, how do you say we we have a meeting uh, tomorrow uh, or next week uh, on Friday at uh, at two? Does that work for you? You, yeah, I, I'm losing my time reading. Yeah, yeah, you're losing your time reading. And then let's say on the off chance you set up that meeting or you committed your time to it. And then there's no content behind it. That's another 30 minutes no. down the drain. Yeah. yeah. So, so believe me, I, I, I flagged those ones and I, <laughs> I probably will never work with them. Uh, it's no, we, you know, it's so easy right now to target uh, the right people at the right moment uh, with the right information. Um, it's not rocket science anymore. Uh, probably 20 years ago it was, but yeah. And make use of that. Make use of that and, and, and reach out to me when I need it, not out of the blank. And, yeah. Right, yeah, um, out of the blue with like, it's almost a lazy approach to yeah. just do this blind spray, you know, of emails and see what sticks and if it's relevant to whoever you're sending it to. 
Um, and I agree, on the other hand, that it takes a little bit more effort to tweak each message to the prospect you know, that you're trying to speak with. But if you really value that person's time and respect the relationship, you would take the extra time to do that, you know, as mm -hmm. opposed to just, I mean, what you're describing, these people are just asking for withdrawals, right? Like, who can you introduce me to in your company? When can you give me your time? When can exactly. you sign the contract? And none of that is a real value for you. You know, no, no. And, and to your point, uh, I think it was in the video uh, presentation of your um, of your Winning video podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it's uh, net networking is not about what you get. Uh, it's also about what you give. And 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 in that kind of email that, you know, you receive from vendors or uh, a lot of them, it just give me something I, i'm not giving you anything give me something uh i want to meet you uh friday at two uh and demo my product and no right. not interested yeah. right yeah i don't blame you um so we did touch on technology and obviously verizon that's the space that i'm in technology company and how do you see breather develop like what new technologies do you see on the horizon for breather um and also we had spoken about how the workplace collaboration is shifting i've even done my own research between generations and how boomers and gen x millennials and gen z they all prefer yeah. different workplace like workplace stations basically so where do you see breather going in the future and what's the connection with using technology in that space yeah yeah it, it's a it's a vast question um in fact as i mentioned uh, you know i, I joined uh, 50, almost 20 years ago a company uh, in um, in the media industry so I, i'm not um, I'm, I'm i'm no stranger to um, more traditional companies and uh, shaking them with technology uh, as real estate is, is, it's basically the most traditional mm -hmm. industry you can think of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and uh, yeah, I, I've always been drawn to more traditional industries like that and, and, and try to, to see how we can leverage tech to, to, to change them or change some parts of them. Um, at Breather, for instance, uh, we've unlocked the, the power of AI and machine learning to, to model occupancy prediction um, in, in, in our office, well, in office spaces um, in the different cities where we're, we're in, um, allowing us to identify the most profitable office space before we sign new lease agreements. Wow. So that's, yeah, that's how we curate our spaces. We have that model and we, we know, and we have a 95% accuracy. Um, we know exactly at 95%, so no, not exactly, but <laughs> still oh. pretty close. Um, how much revenue we, we will make out of that space. Uh, so that's... I mean, that's uh, breather focused, but also from a customer perspective, 
uh, we, we use technology to enhance their experience by offering, for instance, a virtual office assistant um, where they can order catering uh, manage manage their office access. Um, make use of our the Breezer Hub and Spoke network um, in different cities or countries when they're traveling. So um, it's it's not just a leasing uh, an office space. It's we're offering all kind of services that come around and that we can link through technology. So you could have that from different providers, and uh, but we we give you the one-stop shop to to do that. Every need that you have for your office can be filled by um, by breather. So um, so that's how we unlock the power of tech to 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 change, you know, the the perception and and the relationship you have with real estate. Right. Co commercial, commercial real estate. Commercial, right. Uh, yeah. And, um, and, and to your question um, about yeah, how new generations view the um, office space and how they interact with that. Um, one parallel, when I started at Breather, I, well, just before starting, I, I did my due diligence and, and I immediately saw um, uh, a parallel to make with AWS. Okay. Uh, with um, Amazon, what, what Amazon did for your uh, tech infrastructure, we're doing it for your office space. Um, you know, if you if you think of it, uh, what they, what AWS did is uh, you have the exact footprint you need for your infrastructure. Uh, you pay what you need for what you need. Uh, you can scale up. You can scale down uh, your instances um, as needed, and and you can use also hosted services like uh, Amazon is providing you with a search engine, database, um, CI, CD, setups, uh, everything you need. Or you can also use your own. Right. Uh, and, and that's exactly what, what Breather is doing. Fle flexible real estate is the same. It's you, we, we can take care of the furniture uh, the catering, IT and networking, access control, um, cleaning jobs, or you can use your own if you if you want. It's and you can scale up, scale down. You you don't get to to take a lease of ten years. Uh, how do I know in ten years if if I will have the same number of people than today? Uh, I mean, companies are moving so fast right now that you cannot commit on a 10-year lease. Um, and that's what we are offering. And really, it's the, the parallel with, uh, from my uh, engineering background and with AWS is, is striking. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And, and I, yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Um, I think in uh, post-COVID, 
because we are definitely living uh, uh, a major shift uh, right now. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to, to, to predict exactly what, what will change. And, but I'm, I'm convinced that um, one thing that COVID will do is that private space office will become more critical. Um, I, I have a hard time imagining myself uh, being in a co-working uh, prior to COVID and going back to a co-working space after that. Um, it will be a very hard time for co-working, in my opinion. Uh, private space will become more critical. Uh, leaders will want to be able to control who's coming in, who's coming out of their offices, uh, how often the, the full space is cleaned uh, and perhaps disinfected, um, maintain their own break areas uh, instead of sharing them with other companies that may not have the same, you know, the same safety parameters. Um, that's something that will definitely change a lot in the, in the coming month. Right. And you think that's mostly because of the, the hygiene issue and the spread of this virus, right? As opposed to the remote um, transition that we've been making? Oh, for sure. Remote, uh, I mean, a lot of companies that were not prepared and have been, uh, have had to, to switch to remote. We, we all, we, we were used to remote, but a lot of companies were not and I mean, it was it was a wake up call. Um, right. rem remote will definitely be much more present in our lives, um, and, and probably also the whole relationship to what being in an office means. Um, I, I, I'm, sh I mean, I hope for that that uh, uh, that you know, um, rush hour will, will be something <laughs> of, the, of the past. Yeah. Uh, that flexible uh, hours will, will start to be more and more uh, present in our, in our lives. And, um, and the office will be the place where we, we get together to work on something and and then for perhaps for a few days, we can go back or some, some of them, of the people we're working with can go back home. And uh, I, I can tell you for myself, for sure, um, I, I have no problem working from home, but after a few days, I, I just get mad and I need to go back to the office. Right. Um, so I, I think- of, I like to interact yeah. with people from time to time. <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. And uh, I, I love working from home from time to time and, uh, and being more focused on something. And, but I, I cannot see myself working from home every day. That's, right. I mean, no, that's hell yeah. for me. That's <laughs> so what are some things that you're doing to keep your sanity while you work from home? That's very difficult. I mean, I okay. <laughs> I can share that. Uh, what in my uh, no? I, in my um, 
in my case, uh, working from home is, I mean, I, I, I lose sen every sense of time. Uh, at the beginning of, uh, of COVID, we, we were, uh, my wife and I, we were walking together on the table and, and at some point the kids were uh, coming down the stairs and uh, oh, we're angry, we're hungry. And, and it was, uh, it was seven. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. and, and we didn't, we didn't realize that, you know, it, yeah, time passed so fast that you're focused and, and that, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm doing like probably twice the number of hours. I, I, <laughs> do in a normal week right. um, so I have to uh, I have to stop that at some point <laughs> I agree I think that you need to keep personal boundaries obviously for self-care but also to maintain and proactively maintain a work-life balance it's important that people don't give too much to an employer at the end of the day because em employers will take that you know they'll take whatever you give them um, but it's up to you to really maintain that discipline and you're doing it more for yourself and even for your company than anything because when you're fully rested and, and well-fed, you have a healthy life balance, then you yeah. can be more productive at work. So no one should feel guilty about stopping at five o'clock or whatever that time is for them to maintain their self-care. No, definitely. And, but I, I'm not good at that. I really am <laughs> It's hard. I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. I do the same thing, but to do it all the time, that's where it becomes a problem. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm very lucky when everything started and they started shutting down the schools. Um, we had a choice. Do we stay in Montreal or do we leave and go to the countryside? And we have um, a cottage in the, in the, in the woods. So, um, the only thing I can do to keep my sanity is taking a walk in the forest. Mm -hmm. uh, even even 15 minutes, 20 minutes, it's just, you know, reset everything. Exactly. Uh, so you're at the cottage so, with your family. Yes, I am. Yeah. That's awesome. I wish I was at a cottage because you're right. You guys can go outside and, take, and get that fresh air and take that walk. I am in the apartment and we're also, this is another thing that might happen after COVID, but we're all living on top of each other. And now that we realize we can work remote and we can work from home and we can work from personal private workspaces, like what Breather does as well, we don't need to live in this populated area necessarily. We just need internet connection, which you can have anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I, I could probably, uh, leave my life if it was not for the school for kids and but yeah i could spend like three days at, here at the cottage and two days uh, going to the office and um and and i think it will yeah people will start realizing realizing that after post-covid uh, that yeah I, I probably don't need to go in a crowded place five days a week at the same hours and yeah. Right. And that might bring some peace to the world and the country, you know, and I know you're in Canada, but we're in the, you know, North American continent. So I think we could do with some positive energy. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. it's hard to have that where, like you said, you're stuck in the rush hour commute, you're in a congested area, 
working that strict schedule in the office all the time, you know? So to have that reprieve, it's um, very good for everyone's mental health and personal well-being. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, I know we're coming up on time a little bit. We have like 10 or 15 more minutes. And um, okay, and I, I, we covered most of the points. The final point is yeah. just, um, so based on the fact that you touched on this a little bit, how some companies haven't been able to pivot effectively during this time and transition their workforce into a work from home or a remote style um, or business model. And unfortunately, they've had to furlough some of their employees or lay them off. So to employees that are in that situation or, or people that are in that situation, what are two things that you would suggest that they can do now to set themselves up for success in the future? Because personally, I've heard mm -hmm. some people that are just waiting to ride this out and maybe go back to the original employer or you know see what's available and for me i would never be be content with that so and i'm sure you yeah. wouldn't either so what are two things that you would suggest well um just uh to to start with uh, what you mentioned uh, yes last last week we we made the very difficult decision to to follow a significant number of our operation team um this I mean, these team members are the face of Breezer and um, we, we would not be where we are right now uh, without them ensuring that every meeting space is just not clean, but ready for customers and uh, to, to have, you know, the product to be, to be the most productive. Um, and we, everybody in the company, so that's, that's been very hard because everybody in the company, um, you know, valued their contribution, and um, and we have. I mean, our goal is to to have them back as soon as possible. Um, however, this this decision does not impact our private flexible office. It's for the it impacts the meeting rooms. Okay. And uh, so. Every company right now is struggling with that, uh, and yeah, we we as everybody, it's a, it's I mean it's a, it's a common shared uh, truth right now. But everybody hopes that this ends as soon as possible, and and hope for the best. Um, now to to your question um, as to what people can be doing to set themselves up for success and um, I, I'm not sure there is an easy and universal answer to that question. Um, I, for myself, always try to, to develop some generic skills that I can transpose to different industries. Um, it's easier uh, probably to do that when you're passion passionate about something. Um, let me give you an example. I'm, I'm passionate about scuba diving. Oh, and uh, awesome. yeah <laughs> i've never been but i went snorkeling in jamaica and that was very cool because you get to see the reefs which are beautiful yeah and i mean it's that a thousand times you're just yeah in 
just like being in space, I guess. And, <laughs> and yeah, I, I'm really passionate about that. And, and um, also my whole career um, has been in the you know tech industry and um, very far from scuba diving. Um, I recently leveraged my diving passion uh, and my management and leadership skills uh, into getting a professional degree in scuba diving. Awesome. Uh, I could I could now use my business acumen to start a scuba business. Uh, it's, I mean, this is not the right time. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Uh, so it, it's, it's, not necessarily, it's not necessarily the best example <laughs> for today. Uh, for those transferable skills. So I think that's but, awesome. And you're falling back on a hobby that you really enjoy and you're passionate about. I like that exactly. found something that you can shift entirely. Like you said, technology versus scuba diving, they're both so different but you feel called to each of them. And I think we all have interests like that in our lives. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's my, and I'm not an expert or anything in that. So uh, just take that as my take on this. No, it's just, uh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> uh, I think if you reflect on and, and find really what are your soft skills, uh, you can build around that and, and shift completely uh, from industry, from type of work and uh, find something that matches your, your soft skills, not only your hard skills. Um, and, and, yeah, and scuba for me is something like that. My, uh, my soft skills, as you mentioned, uh, I, I'm approachable. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I think scuba is about that. When you when you teach uh, scuba diving to students, or um, you need to be approachable. You need to 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 be able to popularize uh, complicated concepts into something easy to understand. And um, and yeah, when when you start looking at things like that. Uh, I'm sure you can unlock uh, some parts of your mind and oh, perhaps I could do that and yeah, and try and, Great, and see will, where it you. yeah, and see where it goes and um, yeah, every crisis is a wake up call that, you know, shakes your certainties and, uh, and hopefully helps unlock your creativity. I love that. That was very well said. <laughs> and, and I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. That being said, uh, as I mentioned, I'm, I always felt I was very lucky and I'm privileged. So, uh, and, you know, lucky enough to have options. Uh, with COVID, I think a lot of people have been left to some degrees of precarity. Um, and, and their number one preoccupation is probably not what they could do or thinking about the, the soft skills and, um, and what they could do in a few months, but more basically how they will eat tonight. And, and 
yeah, we food banks are full. Uh, we, I mean, it was on the news in in Montreal uh, right. the, since a few days, and I think it's our collective responsibility also to to look after each other and. Um, yeah, com as a company, Breather offered its spaces for free to uh, people on the front line of the of the COVID crisis. Uh, and on a personal level, um, I am I know many of us, and not only Breather, but many of us um, started helping through donations and volunteering. And um, so, yeah, I, I just want you know to to put a balance to what I said. Previously, it's, it, it seems yeah. easy in my position to say, oh, reflect on your soft skills and everything will be good. Okay. Uh, at the same time, that's on me as well. I set you up, I gave you that question, and I wasn't thinking about it in the context that you just provided. So I appreciate that perspective because it's huge. I mean, we understand humanity and situations better when we share our perspective with one another. So yeah, uh, yeah thank you for, for balancing it out and showing both sides. Very good. <laughs> um, no, this is so great. And do you pronounce your name Philip or Philippe or Philippe? Uh, Philippe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like how you say it. I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> but in the States, no. obviously, we say Philip, so it's just easier. Philippe is fine. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> I know Before. I have and I'm like, okay, I can't do it anyway. <laughs> So I, 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 can't, I can't even pronounce it like you, so <laughs> pronounce it like you want, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. There's dignity in a name, so it's probably more authentic when you say it in your native tongue, you know, when you don't try to say it another way, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't, don't mind. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, yeah, we have five minutes. Is there anything else on your mind that you would want to share or... Um, anything about Winning Wednesday that comes to mind? Um, yeah, perhaps when, when I looked at your questions, um, I think on the it, it, I mean, it got me thinking. Uh, you, you asked me the five uh, personality types, or I don't remember exactly, uh, but yeah, um, you used to describe your personality. Yeah, um, it got me thinking, and uh, and that's good because. <laughs> I, I don't usually have the time to do that, but um, there is one thing I perhaps I wanted to to say, and it it's not just like the uh, comp um, uh, complex of um, oh imposter uh, imposter complex. Yeah. Um, it, it's not something that you usually discuss, or uh, but I think it's important because. I think a lot of people and, and probably a lot in managing managing position are living or struggling with something and, and they don't share it. Um, I'm focused challenged. And um, yeah, brainstorming or working on a plan will often bring new ideas, you know, for other, other projects and and make my mind switch context far too often. Um, I often get carried away in my thoughts in, by anything, an external stimulus. Um, and I, I, I've never been di diagnosed with um, ADHD, 
or um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I must definitely be somewhere on the AD scale um, <laughs> and and I'm looking around me um, in in a lot of sea levels uh, position I can see and realize that some people are just probably like me uh, I you know someone where I'm on a meeting where someone is talking to me and, and at some point my, I'm just away thinking of something else uh, just because there was a trigger. And, and when I connect, I'm like, oh, wow, I missed the last three, four, five minutes of, uh, and I have to ask people to repeat <laughs> what they said. <laughs> and um, and it's, it's really challenging um it helps me also and and i think you have to 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 embrace that because you cannot change it um it's sometimes it's most of the time challenging but um it also helps me create some connections between some completely different projects or topics um uh, and and sometimes sparkling creative solutions to problems so i i'm trying to put that to to a to a good use of that um, inability to focus for a long time on something because I get carried away by yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, and I'm I mean we don't talk about that a lot and ADHD is still seen as a uh, disease or um, but I. I mean, I know a lot of people that I, I can see going and I'm, that's exactly the same pattern. Right. That, right. So, so, yeah, I mean, that, it's your, your, your question got just yeah, got no. me thinking uh, about that. And that's, yeah, that's all. <laughs> that's great. And um, ADD and ADHD, I wouldn't classify them as a disease, but definitely um, it's a, it's, you know, just something that people have to deal with and recognize. And I think the first step is recognizing it. And luckily that conversation is becoming more normalized where we can talk about yeah. it and it doesn't have as much of a stigma. But I know back when I was growing up, if you were diagnosed with ADD or ADHD, like there's something wrong with you. You need to go to special classes. You need all this special attention. So people and parents especially would be concerned about taking their kids to a doctor to see if that's what's wrong with them. Instead of thinking about actually helping them, they're thinking about the effect that it could have if they get diagnosed with something, you know? And that's yeah. th that labeling that we do in society, that's a big detriment to people's progression and development. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Completely. So try not to self-label too much. <laughs> For no. me, <laughs> I know you say you got distracted, but for me, I try to stay in the present moment as much as possible and think about, um, so people suggest this all the time, but if you listen to understand and you think of questions that you would want to ask after the person's done talking, then it allows you to listen a little bit better in that moment sometimes, you know, and mm. other times there's nothing you can do to help. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know. <laughs> You're like, I know all that. It doesn't work. <laughs> what, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, yeah. Um, thank you so much for your time, Philip. This was fantastic. Oh, that's my pleasure.
Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate and, you kicking off Winning Wednesday with me. <laughs> yeah, I wish you a tremendous success with that. I think that's a, that's a very, very thoughtful idea. And yeah, Thank it you. could, uh, yeah, it could have a huge success in my opinion. Thank and you. And I wish that. Thank you. And um, on the work side of things, obviously I support your account, so I'm here to help you anytime you need. And you Thank have you. my contact info. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. So, so take care and let, let's stay in touch for sure. Yeah, I would love that. We can set up a cadence. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.